this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. As always, thanks so much for joining me today. Before we get down to the uh, nitty-gritty of today's episode, I have some exciting news to share with all of you. First things first, I do have a winner to announce. Everyone who left a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 84 was entered to win volumes 1, 2, and 3 of the Stories and Stitches books by Donna Drucanis. I randomly chose between the comments left, and I'm happy to announce that the winner is a knitter with the username of Tia and Cat. Congratulations! I'll be in touch with you shortly to get your shipping information and get these books mailed on out to you right away. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in last episode's drawing. My second piece of news that I'm super super excited to tell you about is that I just recently found out that I'm going to have the pleasure of teaching at the Lantern Moon Retreat that's being held next year. It's going to be over the weekend of March 13th in Sisters, Oregon, which I've never been to before. I can't wait because this retreat looks and sounds amazing. It's going to be held at a beautiful lodge and everyone that attends gets to stay in their own little cabin. I looked it up online and it just looks so, so beautiful there. Literally, March 13th cannot come fast enough for me. I'll be posting all of the details on the show notes of my blog along with the phone number to call if you're interested in pre-registering. I hear that the spots are filling up pretty fast. In other news, my third announcement is that you may remember in the last episode when I went to Rhinebeck with my friend Hannah Fettig. Well, while we were in New York together, we recorded an episode of Knit FM on garment finishing that I think you might find interesting. So that is now available to listen to at knit.fm. And it's episode 12, so hop on over if you'd like to check it out. Well, that's pretty much it for my announcements. Now, I've been doing a fair amount of knitting lately. A lot of knitting, actually. Probably more than I've done for a while. Aside from working on two new design projects that'll be released in the new year, I've also knitted up three little gifts for children. I just finished up knitting my new favorite pattern in the whole world called the Clara dress as a baby shower gift. This baby shower was for my friend Courtney, who also happens to be the model for my botanical knits books, and I wanted to knit her something really special for her first baby girl. The Clara dress was just a perfect fit, and this is just my new favorite pattern because what can I say? It's just so beautiful. It's a feminine, sweet little baby dress with a lace patterned yoke and coordinating lace hemline. It was so fun to knit up. The details keep it interesting and it's all worked in one piece. And the dress when finished has such a beautiful vintage heirloom look to it. 
It's truly just gorgeous. Now, this isn't a new pattern. I think I've been admiring this dress for quite a while now. But when you see it made up in person, it is somehow even cuter. I really highly recommend this knit. It made a very lovely gift. But I do have to mention the downside. There was something that I did not like about this project. When I had decided to make Clara for my friend Courtney, I of course wanted to cast on right away. You know how it is. You get a good idea and you pick out the yarn and you just want to get started. So I immediately hopped onto Ravelry.com thinking I would just purchase the pattern, download it, print it out, and off I go, right? Well, no. Sadly, when I went on Ravelry, I found out that this pattern is not available as a PDF download for some crazy, crazy reason. And to make matters worse, it was only for sale as part of a kit, which costs $30, including the shipping. This was so disappointing because not only would I have to wait to get started on knitting this gift, but let's face it, I need more yarn like I need a hole in the head. And I didn't really even think that the yarn that was part of the kit was the best fit for this pattern. The beauty of this pattern is in the lace details, and I wanted a really crisp yarn to show that off. I didn't want the halo of the alpaca blend yarn to hide any of that beautiful lace. Plus a non-knitting mom who probably never wears wool except for when she's modeling sweaters for me may not be too keen on the idea of putting a brand new baby in an alpaca wool blend dress right off the bat. I mean, a dress is worn right up against the skin and... I don't know, it just it just didn't really seem like a good fit, in my opinion. So I was really just kind of sad about all of this. I've never come across a situation before in all my years of knitting. I guess I've been completely spoiled by the immediate gratification of instant downloads that Ravelry provides. I don't know if this dress pattern has always been sold in kit form like this, in looking through the projects, I see that tons of people have knit this pattern, and many of them have not used the yarn in the kit, so, so I started wondering if all of these knitters out there shelled out the $30 just for the pattern and waited patiently for it to arrive in the mail. Now, that's a pretty amazing testament to the beauty of this design, isn't it? I was pretty ready at this point to just scrap the idea of making this dress for the baby shower gift and go on to something else. But once I saw that dress, I just simply couldn't get it out of my mind. That little leaf lace motif on the yoke and the sweet gathered waistband, I had to have it. Courtney's baby needed to own this dress. After a thorough Google search, I stumbled across an online shop that sold the printed copy of this pattern by itself for $8. And after paying $5 more in shipping, I waited patiently for 10 entire days for this pattern to arrive in the mail. $13 and 10 days 
just for a pattern, people. What is the world coming to? Even after all of that, I still feel like the pattern was worth it. It's just that good. I knit up this little dress out of a skein of Madeline Tosh, Tosh Merino Light, in the rosewood colorway that I had in my stash, and it turned out just beautiful. I'll be posting a link in the show notes to my blog post about it if you'd like to check it out. Courtney loved the dress, by the way, and I can't wait to see her tiny little baby girl in it. That will be so cute. So next up on the gift knitting list was finishing up that little knitted goat toy pattern for my cousin's little boy. I talked about it a few episodes ago. Now, this little goat turned out really cute. I finished it up and sent it off in the mail just a few days ago, and I sent it just out of the blue for no reason, just as a surprise. I really hope they get a kick out of it. Thankfully, this pattern was available online and it was free, so that was really nice. But I have to say that the finishing work on this little guy was more than a bit grueling. Lots and lots of tiny little knitted parts to sew together. In fact, I had set down this project for a while to get some design work done, and by the time I got back to it, I accidentally lost several of the goat's little body parts, and I had to re-knit them. I know that when I'm vacuuming, someday I'm going to find, like, a knitted goat ear under my bed or something. But anyways, I think it would have been easier if the designer could have used a different construction method for the body and maybe had us pick up stitches and knit on the ears and tail and so forth. I remember making a toy a long time ago by Isolde and that's what she did and I thought that was a really good technique. It saved a lot of work at the end. But hey, I really can't complain about this little goat. It was after all a free pattern. I do have pictures on my blog of this little project as well so you can see what this little guy ended up looking like. So currently on the needles, I have my third gift project. I'm currently knitting up a little cardigan for another baby shower gift because all of my friends seem to be having babies. It's the Cradle Cardigan by Hannah Fettig. And for this little sweater, I'm using up more of that beautiful wool from Patagonia that I got several months back. It's the same wool that I used in my daughter's wee wildflower cardigan. It's beautiful, beautiful yarn. I'm really glad that I have so much of it because I'm really enjoying it. Now this little sweater is a simple relaxing knit. It's knit in the round all in stockinette stitch, so there's not a lot of brain activity needed in making this. So it's a really good TV project. I'm enjoying it very much. When I'm finished with this sweater, I'm thinking that I'll make a matching pair of shoes and maybe a little bonnet, like a little layette set. I thought that that would be really nice. And maybe sew up a little dress or something too. I think that would make a really beautiful little gift. Handmade gifts are just so very special in my opinion and I really do try to give them as often as possible. And I wanted to share a brief little 
story with you. Um, for those of you who like knitting gifts too, I think you'll appreciate this. I went to a get-together a while back. I think it was a bridal shower or something. And um, I was just talking with a group of friends. And I was talking about knitting or making something for somebody. And everyone in the group started recounting all of the little hand-knit things I had made for them over the years. For mostly for baby shower gifts and things for their kids. And it was really neat because sometimes I feel like maybe people don't care or those things aren't as appreciated as I'd like them to be, but everyone was just remembering all the things that I had made. And (laughs) some of these projects were from 10 or more years ago. And it was really sweet. And they said how much they appreciated them and that they still have them and they're, they're saving them. And that just made me feel really good that those things that I had made even that long ago were still remembered. It makes me basically never want to give a store-bought gift again. There's just no substitution for giving someone something that you created with your own two hands. Something that you really thought about and put time into. It's just so special. So anyways, that's why even though I am a very, very busy mom and so busy with my knitting job, but I still try to take out the time to make these handmade gifts because I know how much they mean to others and how important they are. And I enjoy them too. So in this episode, I have some very exciting items to share with you. You may remember me mentioning the yarn company Skeins in the Stacks in episode 81. I met the dyer when I was in Cordova, Alaska on that really, really fabulous retreat. And I bought a skein of her beautiful yarn, which I made into a hat for my daughter. The special thing about this yarn company is that the yarn colorways are inspired by classic literature. If you recall, the yarn I bought while I was in Alaska was inspired by the story of Peter Rabbit, and it was hand-dyed using local wild berries, which I thought was just so cool. The dyer of the yarn, Anna Hernandez, works as a librarian and recently dyed up her latest batch of beautiful yarns using the book Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen as her inspiration. I will never quite be able to explain the color palette in the eloquent way that Anna does, so I'm just going to read you the description that she wrote for this beautiful color collection. So here's what she says about it. This latest yarn release is inspired by Jane Austen's lovely book, Sense and Sensibility. The quartets go by the name The Miss Dashwoods at Barton Cottage. The first colorway is a very deep dark purple, representing the eldest sister Eleanor Dashwood, as she endures much, as well as keeping her emotions deep inside. The second is a vibrant medium violet, This color equals the middle sister, Marianne Dashwood's passion, and who holds none of her feelings or emotions back. 
The third is a light lilac. It is meant to embody the innocence of youth, as seen in the character of Margaret Dashwood. The final colorway is a light gray, with just a suggestion of pale lilac that rolls in. One can just as well imagine the fog rolling in on Barton Cottage, or the foam in the waves lapping nearby. So this lovely colorway collection from Anna contains four mini skeins, and the colors, as you can tell, are very romantic and beautiful. Anna was kind enough to offer the listeners of this podcast a coupon code to use in her Etsy shop to receive free shipping on orders of two or more items. So if you'd like to try out this beautiful yarn, just use the code NNKPODCAST in the checkout process. Now all of the details, as well as a link to her Etsy shop, will be provided in the show notes for you. Also, Anna has very generously donated one of her lovely color collections in a sock weight yarn to this episode's drawing giveaway. But that is not all. Keeping with the Jane Austen theme, Interweave Press has also provided their latest issue of the Jane Austen Knits magazine to go towards this episode's drawing prize as well. Now, if you aren't familiar with this publication, you should know that it is great. It's full of great articles and knitting patterns about or inspired by the Regency era and Jane Austen herself. A few years back, I even had the privilege of having one of my own patterns published in this magazine. I love romantic feminine knits, so the theme of this magazine is definitely my style. In this newest issue I have in front of me, There's some great patterns that I would love to make if I had lots of time. There's some beautiful sock patterns and even a really sweet little girl's bonnet. Remember how I wanted to make a matching bonnet to go with the baby sweater I'm making right now? Well, I may just make this one. It's pretty cute and I think it would look really good on a baby. If you happen to be the very fortunate knitter that wins this episode's prize, there are two little colorwork purse patterns in this magazine that I think would pair so nicely with these beautiful little skeins from Skeins in the Stacks. But I have to tell you, if you decide to make this purse, you have to call it by its proper name. The purse patterns in this magazine are called reticules. Now a reticule, I learned, is a small drawstring handbag carried by proper ladies of the 18th and 19th century. I think that this is what I'm going to start calling my own purse, reticule, because it just sounds so fancy and proper, don't you think? Anyways, all of you Jane Austen fans that are listening right now, I hope that you are all very, very happy about this giveaway. Go and enter, because if you win, you could knit a beautiful Jane Austen-inspired pattern with the Jane Austen-inspired yarn. How cool is that? So if you'd like to win, go ahead and head over to my blog and leave a comment under the show notes for this episode. That's episode 85. You'll have until December 15th to enter to win, and I'll be announcing the winner in the following episode. Be sure to check out Skeins in the Stacks on Etsy. And even if you don't like Jane Austen, you'll love 
her gorgeous colorways. I'm really happy that I discovered this company on my trip. I love that Skeins and the Stacks yarn has such a great theme and a story behind each skein. A lot of thought goes into the colors, which I think is really neat. And when Anna sent me this little skein bundle, there was even a library card in there. She really carries this theme throughout. I thought that was so cute. I was really pleased when Anna agreed to share her own story. The story of how she began combining her love of books and yarn. So I'd now like to share her personal knitting story with you, entitled Books, Yarn, and Something Beautiful. Books. I have always loved books, reading, and libraries. The first time I can remember being in a library was when I was four years old. We were living in Bellingham, Washington, and my mother had brought me to the public library. I remember being next to my mother as she browsed among the books and probably noticing I was getting restless, told me to follow the hallway ahead of us where I would come to a room meant for children. I remember walking down the hallway, which was dimly lit, and out into a room where the furniture was just my size. I don't know how long it was that I wandered around taken in that room. I was full of awe. As I looked at all the books that surrounded me and the characters on the walls that were reading themselves, I was lost in everything about that place meant just for me. I still can recall the smell. Soon I noticed my mother at my side and asking if there were any books that I might like to take home. I could take books home. Not only that, but I could return to exchange for more. I don't remember checking books out that day or reading when we arrived home. Oh, I'm sure we did, and most likely for hours. It's now 35 years later, and I have been working as a librarian for 18 years, 12 of those as a public librarian here in my birthplace of Cordova, Alaska. Yarn. In midsummer of 2004, 10 years ago now, I walked into the Netloft, our local yarn store, so that I could see the remaining classes available for the season. I was looking specifically for embroidery or other needlework classes, but was sad when told by Dottie, the owner, that there were no more. After seeing my look of disappointment, she suggested I try a beginning knitter's class that was starting that weekend. I told her thanks, but knitting just isn't my thing. I just couldn't see myself getting into knitting. It was just not for me. She insisted that I try it. She thought I would like it and do well. I asked what they would be making, to which she replied, Oh, just a simple child's sweater. And I thought to myself, a sweater? At that point I answered, no, no, that seems way too hard for a beginner. We went back and forth like this for some time, Dottie insisting I would learn all the basic knitting techniques with this class. Oh, you'll learn how to cast on, to knit, to purl, to increase and decrease. You'll learn a bit of color work, as there are some in the yoke. You'll learn to knit with circular and double-pointed needles and how to cast off. I remembered all these terms, but it all sounded like gibberish to me at the time. And I would come back with, no, no, way too hard and not for me. As I was about to turn around and leave, she says, come on, I'll show you the yarn we'll be using and you can pick out the colors you like. She insisted that after I really gave it a try, if I still didn't like it, I could return the needles I would need to purchase in the yarn. I walked out of her store that day wondering how had I been talked into such a scheme. That first class was frustrating. 
I couldn't get my hands to do what they needed to do without feeling terribly awkward, and throughout the morning I kept thinking knitting wasn't for me, that it just wasn't going to work out. We got to the main part of our sweater by the end of class, and our homework for the week was to knit the body up to the point where we would begin to decrease. Dottie insisted I come to just one more class, that the week's homework that lay ahead would provide me with the practice I needed to be more comfortable working with those needles in my hands. I practiced that week and came to the second class and those that followed. When was the next knitting class? That was what I, what I wanted to know. The needles were not returned and the yarn became a lovely blue and cream sweater that both of my boys had worn. Something beautiful. Fast forward seven years and in the evening of which I had finally finished cleaning and have put our newly purchased old home in order, I was coming down one of its staircases, and I missed the bottom step, as I had a laundry basket in my hands. I heard snapping and felt an incredible burning pain. My right foot in a cast, I was confined to my home for four months. Four our city in south-central Alaska was having one of the worst winters it had ever seen. The snowfall was record-breaking. I could not navigate hills of snow in a cast, for I couldn't even get down our thirteen front steps without fear of slipping on ice and injuring myself yet further. Summers in our part of Alaska can be incredible. They are lush and are bathed in light. Winters, for someone who craves this light, are quite contrary. They are long and dark, and just thinking of being inside throughout it all was terribly depressing. I felt as if I was suffocating. My youngest child at the time was four, and I was homeschooling my oldest, who was ten. I couldn't clean up properly, for it was a chore in itself to navigate a three-story house, where the only bathroom and bedrooms are located on the top floor, the kitchen on the main, and laundry in the basement. I didn't know what to do with myself and fell into depression quite heavily that first month. Once in the second month, I was able to get more into a routine and became comfortable, but easily irritated still. One way in which I could relax and have a good time with my boys was when we would all pile onto my bed and listen to audiobooks while I knit, and they both played contentedly. Eventually, my oldest showed interest in knitting, and so lessons for him began. That time of day was something we would all look forward to. One night, after my boys had gone to bed, and I was feeling particularly sorry for myself, I began reading a blog post my friend Dottie had written. Yes, that very same woman who persisted that I learned to knit. And in it were words she had written about her mother during a trying time when her ankle had been broken. And her mother had said the following words, Stitch in the hard times. Make something beautiful out of something difficult. Those words started me thinking. Yes, what do I love the most? Well, I realized that I wasn't being punished. That this time I had was a gift. A gift where I could be deliberately taking and enjoying my days in a slow-paced manner. I had sick leave I could use, thanks to the donations of many city co-workers, a husband and family that offered their help and encouragement. During these slow-paced days where I just got to be and knit and listen to and enjoy books with my children, well, I put all these loves together and made, as my friend's mother had said, something beautiful out of something difficult. 
for the love of books, libraries, and yarn, and family. Thank you again so much, Anna, for sharing your story with all of us. If you listening have thought of a story of your own that you would like to share on the podcast sometime, please get in touch. I'd love to hear it. And I'm always looking for new stories to share on future episodes. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode and all episodes of this podcast can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Well, that's about it for episode 85. Please join me again in December for episode 86. I'll have more... I'll have more fun things to share with you and another story as well. Until next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad Pop ramen again She just won't stop the stitching and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear. Yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for she just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl The house is burning up in flames Call 911 Her husband says Get up, let's go But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching, and well, she's losing all she had.